0: Welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing podcast, and this is our special Christmas edition on wellbeing at Christmas. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasida from Somerset Clinical
1: Commissioning Group, and I'm joined by my co-host. Dr. Peter Backshaw, GP at Mindhead, and clinical lead for mental health at Somerset CCG.
0: And we're really pleased to welcome our two guests today, uh, and we'll ask them to introduce themselves, Hazel Barron and Liv Talk. Hazel, would you like to tell us who you are and what it's about?
2: yes hi Andrew yeah it's nice to be here um so I found out about this podcast and I was excited to be invited um today and I'm going to um shamelessly plug an event as well um so but it, uh, the focus is um as you've mentioned uh, mental well-being at Christmas and, and it's um I run something called the stakeholder engagement forum um but it's as the episode goes on today we'll explain that there's a lot more than that and there'll be much more fun things happening um including a bit of poetry and that's why we have live um would you like me to say a little bit about my role at mind or
0: that'd be great hazel tell us tell us about that
2: yeah so um i've got various hats at mind in somerset i'm involved in peer support groups uh, mostly in the sedgemoor and west somerset area and i also um I'm the coordinator for a project called Time to Change. Um, but today, uh, the hat that I'm wearing <laughs> today is to do with, as I've just mentioned, the stakeholder engagement, which is um, an opportunity for people to, to give us their feedback about um, certain aspects of the, the shaping and delivery of mental health services in Somerset. And this event, which is going to be on the 18th, which we'll talk lots more about, um, we're going to be introducing open mental health, which I expect people have heard of and there'll be an opportunity to to really get involved and to find out what that is and there'll be certain things that we'd love a bit of feedback um aspects of the delivery of that and I'm not the the expert on that but my colleague um from rethink and from the the commissioning board will be there to talk about that but um the event also offers lots more fun things <laughs> so we have we we've realized that mental health at christmas is you know, not easy i mean christmas is very challenging as we all know um particularly for those who are isolated particularly those who've got who struggle with their mental health and i think this year probably it's going to be a you know a, a mega year for that and um, and i think when we were talking about what to do for this particular event we um we just wanted to acknowledge that fact really because i think there's no point in, in making contact with people um, unless we talk about what's in the room. And I think what's going to be on the, in the room on the 18th of December is, is feelings about Christmas, you know, trepidation and, you know, a wealth of, of different struggles that, that it, can, it can really highlight. I mean, obviously not everybody feels like that, but we want to offer a kind of... Um, a bit of solidarity for those who, who do struggle with various aspects of it and um this is why i i was so thrilled that that um live talk was able to get involved because i've attended a lots of her um events that that have benefited the well-being of the people in the room so that i've learned so much from live that that actually you know accessing your own creativity around poetry is is a huge thing and it can really change the way you feel you know in the moment and and for the rest of your life and i've, I've seen that happen lots of times. so we're going to be you know involving the opportunity to um to, to listen to some poetry and to kind of to, to start thinking about how you'd like to express yourself so there's there's an offer from us as well as an ask
0: that's really helpful, and we'd like to introduce, or we'd like Liv, you to introduce yourself. I was looking on your website, and I see that you're a performance poet, a teacher, and a producer, and are you in Somerset as well?
3: Um, yes, I'm in Froome, actually. So, um, yeah, I live in Froome, and I have done for sort of six or seven years, but kind of very familiar with Somerset. Um, yeah, I'm a, we call ourselves many things, spoken word artist, poet, um, and I've been doing that for for a couple of about 15 years plus now and I also teach and I teach a lot of adults with uh, who are experiencing mental health challenges or learning challenges and using spoken word as a catalyst to help sort of channel some of those more difficult feelings and also transform them creatively um so that they start to feel better about kind of their lives Um, and one of the ways we do that um, is through sort of creative peer support groups, um, where people get together over long processes and write and have fun together and uh, talk about their lives and maybe perform some of the things they create in front of audiences. Um, and I, it's kind of a magical process that has incredible benefits for people because just to tell your story um, in a in a way to, in a different way to which you would normally tell your story and have that validated and listened to by your peers or your family. And have them sort of clap you is just really profound, actually. It makes a massive difference. And I've been doing this work for a long time, and, and it always, it never fails to surprise me how powerful it is. So, yes, mental health and poetry in general is, is a great way to access um, and talk about emotions. So, yeah, that's why I'm involved with Mind, supporting with this event, and I'm going to be running a 45 minute workshop. And Mind commissioned me to write a poem about, yeah, mental health at Christmas um and what a struggle it can be so yeah that's me really
0: thank you Liv. that's really great uh, so that's exciting so i think at some point we're going to have the the enjoyment of listening to you share the poem
3: yeah when, when would you like me to share the poem would you like me to do that now or should we do it
0: now and see where it takes us because that sounds really interesting
3: I found it quite a challenge to write and I'm used to writing, trying to encourage people to write away from the difficult in order to boost their kind of to address it but also to kind of try and find the positives in it and I, I've kind of reached this point in my life where I quite like Christmas again and when I was when I was uh, sort of for about 10 years I didn't but now I've got quite young kids and, and it sort of brought it back to me so I had to remember what it was like not to like Christmas so the, the, the process of writing this poem sort of almost had, <laughs> had a strange negative effect which proved to me again the power of, of writing poetry to to change your mood you just in theory wanted to change your mood up but um it was i, I put a thing out to, on social media asking people to share with me their challenges of christmas and i got such an enormous response and it made me realize very much how hard this time of year is for people and um how triggering christmas is um, so i've written a poem and it's called what if everything tastes
2: like sprouts
3: Every Christmas, my brother sits at the edge of our sofa, right foot tapping out a sprinter's heartbeat on the carpet, the kids fighting over cracker toys at his feet. I watch him out of the corner of my eye, anxiously plucking at the low branches of the Christmas tree, shredding, twisting, visibly vibrating, while we slave over braised parsnips and stuffing. He just sits there, hating, letting the needles pile up in his shaking lap, leaving a skeleton of drooping pine. I'm going for a walk, he says, for the third, maybe fifth time, escaping to the gloomy cul-de-sac to pace the sloppy pavements in his too thin coat. I loiter in the hall, caught between annoyance and something else, recognition, disappointment, the very real need to throw mashed carrots at his head. Christmas is supposed to drive out the darkness, but truth is, sometimes it just drives it deeper in. Because no matter how much M&S cranberry sauce you pour over your your organic nut cutlet or roasted turkey breast, everything tastes like sprouts. Every present feels like the last of the summer wine DVD box set, and none of your crackers go bang. And what if, when you turn on the big lights, the ridiculous inflatable Santa in his sleigh, the giant golden star atop a tinsel tower, the town ablaze from the city centre to the car park, you are still standing there in the dark. Christmas, the season of seriously uncomfortable trousers, low self-esteem and family aversion therapy, when every portion size is passive aggressive, every cracker hat ironic, where sherry-sozzled acrobats walk the tinsel tightrope between other people's expectations and a TV dinner for one. And terrifying predators dressed like elves, dressed like tax returns, circle below in lukewarm custard. The airways filled with the cold, soggy, neon earworms of jovial longing, scratching our skulls like fairy light brain floss. When there is always someone who isn't there who should be, and someone who is you wish wasn't, so that every time you carry the gravy jug into the dining room, the empty chair in the corner feels like a punch in the oesophagus, much easier to bury all those feelings under a giant pile of roast potatoes. And while the kids are counting down the days, people all over the world, my brother included, are counting the hours, minutes, seconds until it ends, and the selection boxes are taken off the co-op shelves, the baubles are back in the attic, and they don't have to lie about being happy and grateful and not wanting to smile. The Shadow Side of Xmas collapses drunkenly onto a Mary Berry festive cookbook and starts singing with shrill sobering exultation to blue Christmas while the ghost of Jimmy Stewart perches on the coffee table stuffing fistfuls of Quality Street into his spectral mouth. My brother is coming for Christmas again. This year I will put the tree on a high shelf and tell him not to worry about being anybody else. Then I shall joyfully open the reddest wine, raise a glass to the broken and the beautiful. And eat
1: the tree decorations out of the packet. Happy Christmas. And I thought that was really brilliant Liv, thank you and it, I don't know how that um, affected other people but to me it made me question why is it that Christmas that uh, uh, aside from the religious connotations is meant to be a time to cheer people up in dark winter months But exactly as you say, it produces the opposite reaction. And we know that mental health problems and um, so on get so much worse over Christmas. What what, what do you think it is that does that and what can we do about it?
3: Well, the second one's a massive question, is it? Well, I think one of the big things is that you're supposed to apparently feel really happy and joyful at Christmas. And if you don't, as in if they turn all the lights on and you're still standing in the dark, it, it highlights you know that not even at this time when you're supposed to be happy, do you feel happy? I mean, that's that's one of the one of the things. But also all that additional pressure, financial thing is a massive thing for people. You know, you're encouraged to spend money, and particularly at the moment, people have less money, and that can put you into debt. And the expectation, well, having all your family together isn't always a blessing, and that can bring up a lot of stuff, a lot of really difficult things for people, and just the expectations, and, and having to then be in a room with people when you usually you're used to having you know a lot of space or not not being able to cope with that kind of level of sort of interaction so uh yeah there's there's lots of stuff i think
0: really interesting i love the poem where did you get the idea from this from was there any research behind it
3: well i did well i I did sort of ask I just put a call out on social media um i've got quite a, a lot of people who follow me and ask for their what what's hard for them at christmas um And yeah, I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of responses (laughs) and people really, really struggling. And and they did talk a lot about the finances and the expectation and also that, you know, the grief. Because if you've lost people, you know, they're not being there and what that's like. Um, So that gave me some, some of the ideas, but also my personal experience of Christmas and having a brother who suffers from mental health problems and what it's like for him and what it's like for us having somebody who doesn't want to be there there. And that, I think that's another thing that comes, you know, how families try and deal with deal with that dynamic is challenging all around, isn't it?
0: So we all have um, issues at times, and, and it's really interesting to hear that perspective because society sort of conditions us there's the social expectation that everybody is going to be happy and it's all going to be wonderful but within each of our hearts we have sadness we have unhappiness we have hurts and there are circumstances such as families coming together which bring that to a head but there are also resonances for instance most of us on our birthday tend to feel happy and um, Quick story. I do remember once as a junior doctor, halfway through the day, nobody knew it was my birthday and nobody had said happy birthday. And that meant a huge amount to me. So I've made sure ever, ever since that it's my, that people know that it's my birthday, 3rd of June, by the way, um, just in case. Um, and uh, so, you know, events or times of year can bring up happiness, resonance of happiness. They can bring up resonance of sadness. They can bring up a resonance, a remembrance, a, chime, a chiming of a, of, a, of a bell of, of deep emotions. And um, we need to acknowledge that and we need to be kind with ourselves. Um, and we do need to, need to remember that um, the 21st of December is the shortest day, so we're not long after the shortest day. And and whatever happens at Christmas, January the 19th is the lowest day in the year, so um, we, we have to look out for that one as well. Anyway, and Hazel... You had something you wanted
2: to bring in. Uh, yeah, I just think that the um, the, the projection of the ideals um, is is something that, that can really trigger. So that you've got the the sense of what should be happening, and I think it rarely is, and that make, really throws it into relief. Whatever whatever's going on, whatever normal levels of unhappiness, to quote Mister yeah. Freud there you know, really kind of made they stand out, don't they? What whatever's lacking is you know that compared to what's what's supposed to be uh you know you're, you're made aware of, of what's of what's not there because of this expectation to have things i suppose a perfection that's that's projected onto us from from or well, from ourselves but from also from the media and that kind of thing and and that's, that's a real struggle because you know very few of us have the ideal situation do we
1: so liv what is it about Poetry in particular, and I guess I'd want to broaden it out to the arts, generally music and um, painting and, and other things that can help people to feel better at what we all acknowledge is is a difficult time of year.
3: Um, well, the arts of all types in general, you know, if, if you get involved in them as a participant, as a creative make people feel better you know they they do and this has been proven over hundreds and thousands of years um i mean spoken words is the thing that i often do but you know music and dance and you know theater and all of all of them and 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 visual arts can have an impact because it it helps you transform the kind of darker stuff you're feeling and it helps you process it and share it and feel less alone and also it's like using humor you know, you can turn a difficult thing and find the humorous side and makes you feel better about it. And it just helps you cognitively on a really on a really kind of clear mental state. It helps you just change the messages going in and change the messages coming out, which make you in general feel better. Um, and you can feel proud of yourself. If you write something or create something even small, you know, to have to have to share that it gives you a sense of self esteem and that, that makes a big difference.
1: And Hazel I know that mine uh, has a lot to do over Christmas. Uh, So turning to the second part of my question, what can we do to make people feel better over Christmas? Is there anything you want to to tell us about that you're doing?
2: Yeah, well, yes. So we've got... (sighs) To make people feel better, I I mean, that's, you know, that's different for everyone, isn't it? But I I think it's important to mention the amazing resource that's Mindline. And I I imagine you probably have mentioned this once or twice on the podcast already, but it's good to mention it again. And it's, it's there, it's 24, seven. There's somebody, you know, willing and, and very happy to just have a human conversation with you. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah. 01823 276 892. Um, yeah. And, and I'm just so pleased that that resource exists now. And that's, you know, that, that came around the 24 seven access came around after COVID. But so that the people there that you can ring up, you know, just wanting a chat or to find out information about other services, because Mindline actually do link to, I think, several hundred other local and national support services that they can be either directly transferred to or given information about or help to access depending on what what's going on for you so i think it's really a good idea to mention that especially if this is the christmas edition um it's a great resource and you know we we can we can be supported by all the other organizations and, and mindline is a really great way in
1: And it's something that we mention on practically every one of our podcasts, actually. Um, And just to say, although it was set up for COVID, it's been such a huge success uh, that certainly at the CCG, we we have every intention of continuing to commissioning uh, ongoing because it it does so much good. And you wanted to mention the, the event that you're doing. Do you want to talk a bit more about that?
2: Yes, please. Yeah. So we're um, we're really lucky because we've got three three fantastic workshop facilitators. So, um, as Liv pointed out to me earlier, I need to be really clear about what what's on offer, you know, and what this is. So it's the the reason for it existing, for the event to exist, is that it's it's about stakeholder engagement. So we, you know, that we, it's important to have conversations with so many different perspectives about about what people's people on you know who are sort of living with it and and supporting people with mental health problems what their perspective is when it comes to designing services is, is a really big and important part of that so that's why we're doing it but um it's it's a Christmas version of that so we have um we'll, we'll also we'll have Liv who'll be reading that the fantastic poem and we'll have another really amazing performer called Matt Harvey and I don't know whether Liv you, you could probably explain a bit about Matt's style better than I could briefly. Would you mind doing that? I I think I think it'd be really
3: worth saying just to context it that this is an afternoon event that starts at one PM, is that right? On the eighteenth? Two PM Two PM, sorry, two PM on the eighteenth of December. What day of the week's that, Hazel? Friday. Friday, Friday afternoon. And although it is open to stakeholders, which are people who are involved with mind and support that, it's also open to anybody who wants to look at and talk about this subject, mental health at Christmas, isn't it? So it's it's for also f- um, for anybody who, who who has a connection in mind or just the general public. Um, and it's got so much richness to offer. So there will be discussions and there will be workshops. Um, and I'm running one of those workshops. Um, and so is and then another amazing spoken word artist called Pete Bearder and, um, and, and Matt Harvey, who's a, a very well-known poet based in Devon who does a lot for Radio 4, who writes a column for The Guardian, who was the Wimbledon tennis poet in residence. Um, he is also going to be sharing some poetry. So there's gonna be poetry and there's I'm gonna my workshop is gonna be very much about doing a group poem, facilitating some creative fun with people. Um, so and that's for anyone who wants to be involved and we're gonna make something together and it'll make you feel better, a bit better hopefully. Um, and I know Pete's workshop will also make you feel a bit better. And the whole aim is let's talk about this, let's be real about this, but at the end let's come away all feeling a little bit like we've got a few more tools.
0: Sounds great, thanks, Liv. And if we want to come on, it, Hazel and Liv, um, we could find out about it from the Mind in Somerset website. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. You'll be able to click on a link there, so there'll be the poster there, the, the flyer about it, and that will have a live link. You can just literally click on it, and it will take you through. And then you have to register, just literally putting your your name and um, email address, and um, and then it will, it will show that you're happy, you're up for coming and um but also if people want to email me i can send that link so it's hazel.barron at mind and uk. um I'd, I'd really love lots of people to come so i think it's going to be wonderful and i you know i've been i've i've benefited from the ben- the, the joy of being around um spoke- these particular spoken word poets and it, it is something that's it does it will bring joy i, I can pretty much guarantee that Um, because it's it changes something it's almost like an alchemy something happens through feeling something and trying to find words for it and um and sharing that with other people something something magic happens as as a result of that so even just to witness that happening if people don't they don't have to kind of get involved in poetry writing but they they'll be you know able to witness that process alongside this important chatting aspect of the day and the feedback um so and yeah, and Liv mentioned Pete Bearder So Pete is also a spoken word poet. But on that day, Pete's going to be offering a really interesting workshop about resilience. So he's, you know, everybody that's there actually has, has lived experience. So as, as I think you know, all humans do, really. But so everybody that's facilitating that day has lived experience of, of of having been on sort of all sides of of mental health. And so Pete um, has trained recently as a as a trainer in something called mental resilience. So he's going to be doing a free workshop it's all free about resilience and um, resilience during lockdown I think that'd be really interesting so you know I'd really love it if, if people wanted to come you don't have to switch your camera on you can just listen because um, it can be intimidating to be in a room full of you know people in, a, in an unusual you know zoom is a bit weird and we're all used to it but if you've not done it before it's it's a weird one so we understand that and I must say that if, if something does become triggering. We will have um a mind line volunteer there who'll be able to chat to you and you know offer support and and just kind of check out what's what's happening with you we've We've got that capacity on the day um there's a there's a clever thing called breakout rooms which we can use where you get to kind of go and have a you know one to one chat with somebody so if that if that were to come up you know difficult feelings are likely to because they're going to be around at the time you know that's on offer also
0: that sounds uh... That sounds really great, Hazel. So that's the Mind in Somerset website. So if we go onto the Mind in Somerset website and search for that, we'll be able to find out about it. Now, it sounds really exciting, actually, to be involved with something with live performance um, near Christmas because one of my childhood memories, which persists into my 60s, is the delight of being able to go to the pantomime, and I can see at the moment both Liz and Hazel, somebody behind you, or perhaps not. Um, um, so there's nothing about Christmas being special for children, and I suppose you know a lot of people make a, a, a big effort for their children. So we've we've talked about some of the downsides of of, of Christmas, but there are upsides of, of connection and family and 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 you know uh, children. Tell us about some of the upsides. We've just got a few moments, a few minutes left, but any thoughts on the upsides and how Christmas is for children? Peter,
1: I wanted to uh, give an upside, uh, not so much about children, but uh, coming up back to Liv's uh, poem where she talks about everything, um, smelling of sprouts. So as uh, listeners may know, I I had COVID back in in March and I'm still suffering the effects now and um, came very close to to actually not being here. Uh, And one of the, the more minor effects is that you lose your sense of smell. So having gone from not really enjoying the smell of sprouts, it's now so exciting to be able to smell anything that I love sprouts. And our general point is that if there's something that we find difficult, we can somehow sometimes reframe our feelings in such a way that we can turn it in. And that's what I'd encourage people to do at Christmas.
3: Um, I would, you can't, We can't make sprouts the only thing that we can think of that's good about Christmas, though. Um, but um, I, I think Santa, the whole Santa Claus thing is incredible. And as as a human race, that we have we have made this this magic. You know and whatever I don't want to be too revelationary to the children who are listening but I, I think it's incredible that we've given the gift of magic to children at that age um and there's just nothing like it and I think it's one of the best things about human beings um, and I, I really yeah and the, all of it the whole yeah the, the trees the decorating um I think that's that's just gorgeous
0: hazel you wanted to say something
2: i I think it's important for us to say that that mind in Somerset and 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 well the the stakeholder engagement event it's not it's not um, actively saying that you know Christmas is bad I think I suppose there'll be quite a lot of um activities and events happening that'll be focusing on on all of the many many wonderful things about Christmas and I actually love it but I think that it was important to sort of acknowledge the possibility that for those who for whom it isn't there's somewhere to go and to get and an, an, and to get an, a reframe um Peter like you say and I think you know creative pursuits are a really interesting way of facilitating and reframing and I hope that that that, that happens but no we, we, we do love Christmas and, and you know for those that do carry on <laughs> It's, it's allowed it's allowed to have a nice time at christmas but it's just some um, we want to allow allow you to not do as well and to, to, to acknowledge that that's not always it's not it's not always all uh chocolate and fairy lights <laughs> but if it is great
0: be true to ourselves and honor who we are and livy were mentioning thousands of years of, of drama I, I think there was a, a one of the uh, earlier areas in Western civilization was fifth century Greece, where they had the, the drama festivals and the tragedies. And I can't remember the poets, Aeschylus and Sophocles and, and others like that. But it was the power of drama, the cathartic power of drama for huge groups of people to process emotions is, cannot be underestimated.
3: no it it definitely can't just the spoken word the bardic tradition of passing down stories of how we learn about morality how we learn our history how we're able to speak our truth you know yeah it's really powerful and that translates into singing as well which is also something big about christmas something beautiful about christmas when people come together to sing if they're allowed to this year um but yeah if you if you can access creativity this christmas i think that that's a great thing to do (laughs)
0: So, Liv, can people find out about you online at all?
3: They certainly can. I've done quite a few things. So if you just Google LivTalk, L-I-V-T-O-R-C, or, or my website's um, www.livtalk.co.uk or find me on Facebook or Twitter, I'm, I've done lots of things. So, yeah, you can check out some of my poems.
0: Well, we look forward very much to hearing you on, Wednesday, on, on Friday the 18th in the afternoon, and also once this Covid thing is passed, live performance again will be fantastic for society to be able to get back to, won't it?
3: Oh, desperate for it, yeah, <laughs> very much. As an ego-driven artist, not getting that like, regular applause is terrible, but yeah, I mean, just, to, there's nothing like you know bringing arts back to a live setting, and we all need it.
1: Well, we all appreciate your poem today. And with with the new um, link that we have, we now have uh, facilities for feedback from people. So I hope all the people listening who enjoyed it will uh, feed that back to you and you'll get a a virtual live applause. Absolutely. And
0: hope everything goes well next Friday, on on Friday afternoon, the 18th. Um, If you want to find out about it, Mind in Somerset website and look for the event. And thank you very much, Liv. Thank you very much, Hazel. And thank you very much,
3: Peter. Thank you, Andrew
0: and Peter. All the best. And happy Christmas.
1: You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Well-Being Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunts Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning
2: Group.